0: Hearken thine ears to the tune of the cast. We cast
1: pods all day for the
0: glory. Season dose. <laughs> so, uh, what, what? Groomed her pet Leviathan. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Salty Dogs Podcast. I have to be. The you. SDP in the ICT. Teddy Roosevelt. Hear ye, hear we'll ye. While we cast
1: all of our pods upon you.
0: James is over there deep in the word already. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You can do whatever you want, <laughs> man.
2: I'm just go read my Bible over. Here.
0: Ready, Casey? Are we rolling live right now? We're rolling. And so,
1: my question is: is how much how much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and with that, folks, welcome to the Salty Dogs podcast. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know what episode this, but I, know I don't we're either. We're, we're smack dab in the middle of season two. It feels like so long since we've done one. I don't know. It's been two weeks. Do you feel like it's a long time?
1: I feel like a lot has transpired in between the time that we've...
0: What do you think about going weekly on this thing? I mean, I'm... You know me. Casey's down. Yeah. I don't know if I can double my time (laughs) on podcasts in the the month. You been good, man? How are things going? Man, I've been good. Uh, Things are just... How's the boy?
1: (laughs) Fat as ever. Young E. 18 pounds. I have a hard time lifting him. To fat baby. <laughs> you have a hard time lifting him. <laughs> when I went to my chiropractor, I was like, man, my back really just You should have bowled you, like, more you know, while <laughs> Jill was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Get that arm going. Yeah, I went to the chiropractor, and I was just complaining about my back. And he's like, you know... Pick a yeah. Ezra was in the room. Dude, he's like, man, thing. Like, that thing. I had to get adju-
0: adjusted <laughs> you know? two or three times. Yeah, the, like the first year, of man. Airbnb I noticed.
1: Now. I just tried holding. I try holding them, and I'm like, I got to give them the life I'm like, man, I can't handle this anymore. Like, this is breaking my back. Yeah, because you're a weak punk. Mm, yeah, but you're a
0: good dad. I try. Yeah. So there's give and take. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of dads, today it was I'd... Father's Day. No. No, it was. <laughs> Dude, you're like two or three weeks out of it, man. Speaking of (laughs) dads, our topic for today is the father's love. Mm. So I'm pretty excited about that.
1: I'm really excited. Yeah,
0: we have a couple of very special guests. All of our guests are special, but I mean it when I say they're they're very special. So actually today we have our first our very first ever husband and wife guest Mm. duo. Mm. Dynamic duo.
2: Wow. Very dynamic. You guys are
0: dynamic.
3: It's exciting. We're
2: also static because (laughs) we're in it for life.
3: Yeah, what no, does that even mean? Nice.
1: Static static energy, bro.
2: Oh, I see. I see. Okay, static static doesn't change. <laughs> James, I knew there was a reason you were here. Yes. <laughs> Add, adding a bunch of extra <laughs> nerdy details. <laughs> that's good.
0: That's good. We have Stephanie and James Weishar. Good job.
2: H- yeah, how do you yeah. say yeah. it?
0: Weishar.
3: Close, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Weishar. But the American way is Weishar. Weishar. Yeah. I used to just
0: say Weishar. When in Rome yes. or America.
1: That's when right. in America. Right. I know. It's good.
2: We, when we're in Germany, we change it. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to create confusion. <laughs> there anywhere.
0: you go. Yeah. So, Stephanie, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to introduce yourself. We've had James on before, and he's the fourth wheel today, which makes a complete vehicle. It's good. So we're, so that means yeah, we're going to go somewhere. Depends. I mean, there, there are three wheeled
1: vehicles as well.
0: Yeah, that's up. right. Um, yeah, James was on in season two. Yeah. Or, excuse me, season one. Yeah, it was one. And uh, we talked a, about. That was a good
1: episode. That was, with, that, was with Pe- that was with Penner, wasn't it? It mm-hmm. was. Man, yeah, was they were also episode. a dynamic yeah.
2: duo. We did. We made a car that night too. <laughs> four four wheels with four
1: wheels. A yes,
0: Corvette ride into truth. That's right. That's right. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: All right, um, I uh, was born, raised in a small town. Um, not much closeness. Um, in a, with Jesus and, right. uh, just far from him as a young girl, grew up in a very dysfunctional family and, um, had to really find my life on my own and through horrible ins and outs of this world really led me to have nothing. And, um, so still came here to Wichita when I was 17. I'd been in and out of foster care, group homes, lockups, in a lot of trouble uh, with the law, and been used and ab- abused um, for years and years. I'm very abusive myself, very angry, violent young girl, and came here to Wichita, and it was like throwing a sheep among wolves, and, um, it just got much worse and came to a real, real low where I was just about to do some things in, in the city on, um, and give my body over to prostitution, so it was a rough time, drug addiction, in and out of different rehabs, and just wanting to run my own, my own plan, and didn't care what happened in the process to me or others, and, um, when I was 19, the Lord just, in his grace, undeserving to me, opened up my eyes to true hope. When I, at a point when I knew there was nothing else to offer me for my future or my past to know even how to handle what I'd been through, um, I heard the gospel. I heard about Jesus and true hope in this life. And it was just the right time, just the right time yeah. when I knew. He was it. He was it. And I would have
1: never have guessed any of that uh, meeting you. You know, or, you know, you,
0: yeah, you would have never, you there's would There's so much a, you don't know about people, I know. obviously, at it's, face it's, value. It's crazy. Yeah. When I heard her, her testimony, I was blown away. And the Lord did some stuff in me when I heard that. It wow. was really, really amazing. And I'll, we'll still see fruit from that. I know it's on the way. Yeah, and but, you have a
1: handsome husband.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Look at that guy. I've Thank only begun. <laughs>
2: I do get to sit back at you <laughs> over there. Straight across. It's a good day to be here.
3: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. So so Stephanie, one of the reasons that I thought about you with this topic, the Father's love, I mean, first of all, the Lord's really been, he's kind of made that a theme in, in my heart recently, specifically in the area of, uh, of um, preaching and also for our community of faith and just really... Seeking to tap into his heart and and say, What Lord, what do you want for us? What do you want for our people? What do you want for this time together? Um, but so I've been thinking about this topic and then I thought about you because I've I've heard your your testimony. And so there was a, a point in in time where you you realize the father's love and the father's heart for you. And then I've also seen you function in, in what we've determined. Before we hit the record button, that we you would say you function in prophetic encouragement, I'd say, or maybe even just you know seeking the Father's heart and then speaking that word into that that context, that mm-hmm. moment, that place of of ministry, um, and then yeah, we brought James on one because he's your husband, but two because Brock was in Canada. That's true. <laughs>
3: so he's a good. He good. likes it up there. No, J- James,
0: James, in the same way, uh, man, he really. He really loves the Lord and he, he too is an encourager. And I've seen you guys function as a team in ministering to people.
1: Yeah, they did that to you. They beam. did that to you. Yeah. you. You straight, were a victim. Straight up. You were. We <laughs> <saw> <laughs> yeah, you. It was that's good. Right. It was good. Yeah. Amen. I found some identity from that and it was he's really good. good. Yeah. That was an awesome time.
0: Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Yay. So
3: Ezra, that's yeah. where you get the name from. Yeah. That's so cool because he builds so the wall. He helps, or he's the prophet. Yeah, yeah. Your son's name, Ezra.
1: That, and I also really like that name, too.
3: Okay, wow.
1: It's good stuff. You guys don't know what's happening, but we do,
3: (laughs) so.
0: Yeah. Inside. No, it's okay.
1: (laughs) Inside prophecy, you don't get it. (laughs) Like an inside joke? Yeah, but it's an inside prophecy.
0: So, so kind of where, so kind of where I want to take this is tell us a little bit about, um, your, you know, continue in talking a little bit about your story and how you went from being in this, this broken place, this hopeless place to then finding hope in, in, in Christ. And then you, you started this, uh, this process of following the Lord but then also beginning to know the father in such a deep and intimate way and so i want I want to hear about the father's heart like how has he revealed his heart to you and what does that look like? and then we'll we'll it'll it'll go different ways, but I also want to hit on what is the father's heart for for the Christian um as sons and daughters and then also what is his heart even also for the lost mm-hmm. and for the broken world mm-hmm. so and James, you're here for color commentary, so get your colors ready. yeah, I'm ready, okay. All right, good.
3: Well, I would say um, when the Lord just opened my eyes up to the hope that I have in Him, and He began to, when I would seek Him, He would answer me, and I would ask really hard questions, and it was like His voice was so near to me. And there was a point where I, I was continue so I was continuing to go back to some of the habits before and the patterns and and I had just been um completely broken and realized that I can't do this on my own I cannot stop sinning I can't stop having you know sexual relationships with these these guys but yet what is it what's wrong with me God what I know you saved me you redeemed me but why can't I have victory over this what am I doing wrong and and um It was that day at the end of myself, um, after I had responded to the gospel and everything, but I still needed something else, um, he said to me, that I have already done what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I have already walked the perfect road, and I have already conquered sin. Now I want to exchange, you know, give you my righteousness for your own, because you can't. And so it was that place where I realized that there's really nothing I have to do in order to um, conquer this this giant in front of me, that I can take what he's already conquered for me and, and take his life Upon myself. So it was, he was offering himself to me as a living person. And so mm. I began to seek him in a way where it was taking seriously the gospel, taking seriously the promise of God when he says, um, like he said throughout all of scripture when he called the Israelites, he said, hold fast to me for I am your life. You know, today I choose, I set before you blessings and curses, um, life and death, but choose today and, and do this by holding fast to me. He said in Deuteronomy 30, listen to my voice and because I am your life. And so I, I took that seriously. You're my life. Okay, who are you then? Yeah. Because this is weird to say that, you know, a person 2,000 years ago is saying, I am offering you my life. And so I took that seriously, began to um, just intimately know him, and he would just fill me with joy and fill me with his presence, and and it was like he was giving me himself. Mm. And so at the beginning of the day, as a brand new believer, I would pray, John, on for, I think it's fourteen, and where Jesus says that that you would I would be in you and you would be in me <laughs> and we would bear much fruit. Yeah. And 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 so I I would pray that every day as a brand new believer before I would, when wow. I was eating my breakfast, at, at um in the morning I would say be in me Jesus, mm. as, as I am in you and you are in me. May we is, may we my. be one, may we be one, and right. and. It was like then I began to walk with that as my awareness of who I am.
1: Wow, that's great. Yeah, and I and I just want to chime in there because I've been, that's all I've been, I told you guys before we started that I've been on, like, that's where I've been living at. And, like, every day for the past, like, three weeks, I've been praying the same thing and been realizing about I and me, or you and, you and me and I and you and you and the Father, therefore I'm in the Father. Yes. The Father's in me, it's like a reciprocating yes. thing. So I'm, trying, I'm over here tripping out because yeah. it's crazy because yeah. it, that's what I've been at, where I've been at, man.
0: Yeah. So at what point in in that journey that she's talking about did you meet her was it after was it during or
2: um, it was on the back end of that really probably be a good way to put it i would i would put it as a completed um work of the lord in her heart like salvation was there she was beginning to grow <clears throat> and uh, and obviously i say completed in the finished work of the cross not the not the beginning work of the uh sanctification. But um I don't know, like everything she talks about. Um, you know, we talked about those things as we were dating and um but I never never once saw her that way. I only saw her redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um because that's that's the only thing I knew. And so the the work that the Lord did in her heart was very swift and it, it came in and it and it when and that's just the beauty of of the gospel is when when it really begins to to have an effect in the heart and and our hearts are touched, there is that transformation. It says, you are a a new creation. You're no longer, the old is gone and the new has come. And so everything I knew about her was new and I didn't have to think those things. And so as we talked about those things, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, like those things were not evident. They weren't um, struggles, you know, they were like, there was a brand new deal going on inside of her heart that um, I just got to see unfold. So. Yeah.
3: And the beautiful thing about it was, was he didn't know the inward struggle I was having on letting him into my life and, and laying down the guard of all the past wounds and all the past disappointments and hurts. And, um, but then the, what the Lord did through the way he saw me through the way James saw me with fresh eyes, the Lord then said, I want to give you myself through him. And then that's how Christ sees the church. And so like genuinely the Christ sees us as washed clean. He sees us as new and being just renewed day by day. And so it was just this beautiful picture then that I got to know about Jesus. Through Through him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So here's this man who doesn't know most of what I've been through. It wasn't there to see it, but then now sees me on the other side of redemption and Mm That's the way he sees me, and then of course that's the way that the Lord sees us. And it's so hard for us to see ourselves through that lens as well. Well,
1: one of the problems is that we just <clears throat> we we uh, take our rendition of truth or our um, we I guess our perspective perspective on His Word, you know, and like we apply our truth to it and make His truth our truth, and then like we don't get why it's not working, but like He. And, like, what you were saying by, like, holding to the the word of God, like, and holding on to him no matter what, no matter what your perspective is, like, okay, no matter how I see myself, like, understanding that His tr- his truth trumps all of my truth, and so... And resting and relaxing and that and that's and that's cool like the new eyes thing like just that you got to experience okay well the, but you experienced the way that God was looking at you through James and James's fresh eyes on you because you know like because yeah. you are a new person to him and mm-hmm. even though like to you and I I struggle with the same thing too because my wife. Really is that you know God's been using her in my life too because I come from the the same background and so when you look at yourself continually as as no good and um, just rotten and like all these bad mm-hmm. things but then like the fresh perspective comes around it really starts messing with you <laughs> with mm-hmm. you with you on the inside mm-hmm. until you like give over to the to okay yeah you're mm-hmm. right I am a new creation mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting
0: yeah there, there's two things I want to touch on um, first I want to just maybe kind of. Make this statement and make this clear for those listening, because oftentimes we we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us, Mm -hmm. and I think in within the topic, the Father's heart and then the way that He feels about us, Mm -hmm. I think we need to know how the Father feels about us, Mm -hmm. and so rather than saying, "Well, this is how I knew the Lord was seeing me," can you just make some statements about how the Lord sees
3: His children? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is that, I mean, God in his nature is a God of um, pursuing. He actually pursues those that are um, oppressed and that are struggling and that are weak and that are alone. And he will pay special attention to those that do not know who they are and are actually under the grip of the enemy. You know, the Bible says that he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into light, in light. And, he, and this is what he's doing to this day. This is what he's intended to do, and and so we're in the day, we're in the era of him doing that. The gospel's now been completely opened up, and the the floodgates of the love of the Father has now been removed. It's like before where that, it was like sin held a dam, as in a river, held back some of what the Lord just wanted to do as he lavished his love upon us. And, and I just see now, we can't help but know that this It's been released. The dam's been completely broken, opened up, and that love is just pouring out. But what happens is the enemy has um, gripped people Mm -hmm. to think that that dam is still held up, that there's still a, um, his hand is still holding back who he is. But instead, it's been completely destroyed. The Bible says the dividing wall of hostility has been completely destroyed. And so we get to now take this love that God showed us throughout all scripture of a pursuing God, of a covenant. Covenant keeping God, of a faithful God, a compassionate um, and slow to anger, abounding in love, the same love he showed the Israelites, even though they adulterated themselves to all other foreign gods that couldn't talk, that had no faces, but yet he continued to say, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, one that will never ever end, and it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. He kept saying, It's coming. I see what you're doing, but it's coming. And so now it's been released, the gospel's been completely opened up, and so we can now be the ones to declare this God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, who we see in Christ, is loving you in this way, and now freely because of Christ. And so as we lift him up and we show the world who he is, then people are going to start to see, then there's no dividing wall anymore. There's nothing between us as we accept Christ and make him the Lord of our life. And so... I would say that that pursuing, I always, I always think of God that way because I know how he pursued me and I know that there wasn't any sin, any filth that kept him out of seeing me actually as his daughter before in order to call Mm. me out into something than to say, now, now you're here, now you're clean, now you're safe and I'm going to make you mine. And, and I mean, he's always said throughout all, the Old Testament they will not those that were not my people will be my people yeah and and so that's that adoption that he's now doing um but that's so yeah. profound
0: what you just said that he was pursuing you even as his daughter and it it makes me think of some of these predestination uh, scriptures um we don't have to obviously we're not going to tackle that but it says those whom he uh, foreknew he predestined and so it says the God who pursues us He's already chosen that we would be His children and be conformed into the likeness of His Son. And so there's no amount of darkness that we can meddle in that would keep Him from still continuing to pursue us. And so I think that that's... You, you talked about how that dividing wall of hostility has fallen, um, the veil's torn, yeah. and that Jesus came and conquered sin and death. So there's no sin that it can separate us from the Father. Right. Yeah. right? And, and so... That's just—it's so profound that literally, there's there was nothing that we did or could ever do that would make us deserving of the Father's love for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I always tell people like, you know, you're worried about your sin now, which yeah, we should confess. We should we should mortify the flesh, right? We should we should die to to self by the Spirit, put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. Um, but I always tell people, you know. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, you had no say in the matter as to whether or not he laid his life down. Right. And he knew all things, knows all things. He knew there would be people who would come after him who would sin. And he knew that his atonement would would last through eternity for all generations who would sin. So it's one of those things to where I think keeping it back into the topic of the father's heart for us is that you know, we need to realize that there's nothing that that we could do or have done that's bad enough or dark enough right. or far away enough. And I think that's a common misconception. I think we understand it. I know the, my walk, my my Christian walk, my faith changed the day that I understood grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because before then, I felt like I would take two steps forward and two steps back, or I would get like a year into sobriety and then I would fall and then I felt like I had to start over, Mm, you know, and I didn't understand grace. I didn't understand love. I didn't understand sanctification and him making us holy, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, I just think people need to hear that. Like, yeah, if I mean, the Lord has chased you down or is chasing you down. Like, First of all, if it fits his will and he's predestined you to be conformed into the likeness
2: of his son, it's going to
0: happen.
1: Yeah, I already tried the opposite (laughs) way. I've been there.
2: Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Just to add what you said, though, you know, it's not just that the Lord, you know, did all those things, but he also looked upon those that he chose and pursued. And he and even now people walking with him and walk with him for a while, he looks at them and he He doesn't... The expectation that we often think that God places upon us just isn't there because he called you in your desperation. He called you in your weakness. He, in fact, he looks at us and he says, that's all I have to work with is your weakness and your brokenness. You, you aren't bringing me anything. Anything. And yet I still choose you. And I'm going to do the work of conforming you into the image of my son. Right. And he just does that work. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, anything good that resolves in us is from him. I mean, that's a that's a father's heart yeah and it and that's profound
1: in its in its own right and um and i always have to revert to uh and especially when we're talking about father and son relationship and I, I have to to always you know being a father is new to me it's also new to jason and uh all these realizations that i've been coming to just by with my son and uh, when you say like there's nothing you've off- you're offering me and so um, one of the things that God had been revealing to me when Ezra was born was just simply being an object of effect, of, of affection. Uh, that's what he what he is he's, he's my son, and I enjoy him very much, and he, and I'm affectionate to him. And I always like I always like mm-hmm. pick him up, and I I can't even talk about him without crying sometimes because I just pick him up and I just smooch him on the face, you know what I mean? I always mess with him, and I and I always kiss him, and I always hug him, and I right. always roll around with him. And so yeah. to me, that opened up a new a new understanding of there's and Ezra does nothing for me he's he's a he's a you know he just he, right. he is reliant completely on me. Like he can, mm-hmm. can barely move around. Like I have to feed him. Yeah. We have to change his diaper. We have to stay up with him at late. We have to clean him up. We have to do all these things. He doesn't offer anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, the most profound sense of love that I've ever felt in my life was for my son, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he offers me nothing. And so mm-hmm. he, he's strictly an object of affection because of my love for him. Right. And so I think about that. And I think about when we say the father's heart for his children. And I think about. The complexity of my love for my son, multiplied by infinity, because God is infinite, and so it, it magnify that love times infinity, and I can't, you know that. Even okay, so you as father, earthly fathers, know how to good give good gifts, right? So our earthly fatherly understanding is still only a shadow, like not even in in, in the same ballpark Christ, as yeah. as the level that God is loving on. And I think that
0: Wait, what what do we say on the way here is that we will have eternal revelation of the Father's love for us, yeah, lasting and for infinity yeah, upon infinity, and, and right. something
1: that deep <laughs> I think, and it's paramount because it if we, and the battle is in the mind. I mean, honestly, Satan is so crafty and deceiving, and that's why God is always like, man, if there's anything good, think about those things, or have the mind of Christ, or the transformation is, you know, being renewed in your mind, because we're assaulted every single day maliciously by a dark entity, and so if we can keep those kind of profound you know, thoughts, and, like, just grasping that. Like, I just need to, to, to grasp on and hold on. And maybe I need to revisit that, like, being an object of affection, like what he's taught me. And, like, I think sometimes we try so hard to grasp all these truths at the same time that we're forgetting to hang on to that one truth for a little while and really let that sink in. And I think that if we can do that and set our minds on things like that, I think it will alter people's understanding of who uh, their own understanding of them, of themselves, you know, with that kind of revelation.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it also changes our affections, you know, because like where we used to love the things of this world, we used to love the things that, that pleased us. All of a sudden, when I grasp his love again, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden my affection is no longer for that nasty thing. I realized it's nasty and I have affection for the father. Mm -hmm. It, it changes my heart when I see. That's an interesting way of
0: thinking about it. Yeah. Thinking that I'd, that you desire sin more than you desire God. Well, no, the Spirit in you desires the Father. The yes. Spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. Yes. Yeah, that's a kind of a, not a backwards, but a very enlightening way to consider that.
3: And I think that, I mean, that's along the lines of another thing I was going to mention is just that if we are to proclaim this, same, this love of the Father to those that do not know Him and know this love and are under the grip of the enemy, we have to embody that love ourselves, and how do we know that unless we are um, in awe of him and, and that we are um, grasping what he's done for us and fresh in the the revelation of his compassion over us and his unconditional love and and that we're living that out. So we're a living testimony of this love. Like, do we really believe this? Mm -hmm. Are we, you know, like Isaiah 61 says that we're to proclaim good news to the poor, so we're to proclaim it, but we're also to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. And so there's an actual physical ambassador role that we have to embody as people that really, do walk in the love of God. If yeah. the love of God is in us, and we are adopted, and we're crying out, "Abba, Father," like the Scripture says, then people need to know that there's something different. That we carry a love, we carry a contentment, um, but that isn't seen if we're um, being drugged off by the things of this world, or right. we're being yeah. um, our our bodies are just demonstrating a different. What, mm. what's, our, what's our affection? Where's our affection on? Is our affection on him? And are we, we consumed with his love and, and um, our, how we can love him back? And is that being seen? Yeah. Or is our affection all over the place? And so that's the other part, is not only to know his love, but to embody it. And almost like a prophetic sign of hope, bringing hope to those that are apart from that.
0: Yeah, there's the, in the scripture, it is in 1st or 2nd Corinthians, I don't know exactly, but where it says that uh, we're ambassadors of Christ, and it's as though the Lord is making his appeal through us, Mm -hmm. and it's exactly what it is. That's
2: exactly right.
0: So when we experience his love, you know, it just, it makes me think a lot about a question that I've, that I've presented on the podcast before, but the question was, what do you really want for people? And I asked that of pastors, what do you really want for people when they attend your service? Like, what do you desire for them? And I think what it boils down for me is, you know, we're we're so we're so quick to invite people to church or tell them read their Bible or, you know, just to, and, and then also just in the in the vein of churchianity in the way I've seen evangelism presented in the past and those kinds of things. I've come under a weight of like sharing my faith, like you have to share your faith with everybody. And and it's just like. Is it a thing that I have to do, or is it something that's it just flowing happens, out yeah. of me? And that's the way it's supposed because, to be. Because yeah, because I'm so enamored with the Father, right? I'm just I'm I'm awestruck and 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 love struck mm-hmm. by the Father that I can't help but proclaim His great love mm-hmm. for me to others who need His great love. Yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting to consider that. Yeah. Um, kind of back in the back in that vein of being parents, and then having children, and then having a heart for your children, and then c- attempting to compare that <laughs> to the Father's love. Um, it, it, it reminds me of this scripture in uh, Zephaniah 3.17. You, I'm sure you, you know it, but it says, yeah. uh, this version, Yahweh your God is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will bring you quietness with his love. He will delight in you with shouts of joy. Another one says that he will sing over you or he will Mm -hmm. delight with you with singing in in you with singing. And, (laughs) you know, we're so used to we're so used to praise and worship, which is good. And we we proclaim and sing out our adoration or affection for our father. Mm -hmm. But we need to know that that's that's reciprocal. And he did it first. Yeah, we love because because he first loved us. us. Mm -hmm. And so to consider that the Lord is singing over us. And I and I just think about Illy, and I I make up my daughter, Alana. She's two. And I just make up all sorts of stupid songs <laughs> that Me I too. sing over her all the time. And it, it's just nonsense.
1: Dude, when, Jill, when Jill hears this part of this episode, she's going to crack up laughing. Yeah. Because I always make Because you, you just make
0: up songs. Yeah. And I just sing over her. And I'm constantly <laughs> kissing her face and telling her, Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you so much. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're so beautiful. And I just am speaking these things yeah. over her because it's oh, it's flowing out of me and I can't hold it in. I can't look at her and not think my god, she's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. But we don't think that God looks at us that way yeah. and why? Mm. It, again,
1: it, again, it's in the mind, and it's interesting that you bring that scripture up. Man, there's just been so many crazy happenings like with it, this podcast because all of this has just been where I've been at. Casey's
0: and always sitting there squirming like,
1: I'm like oh my gosh, dude, I gotta dude, say this, and dude, I like dude. literally, I was, I had Ezra in my, we were, pra- I was practicing for a song that I sang on Sunday for Jill's uh, church that she used to go to Bethany. Anyway, so uh, you guys went to Bethany? Yeah, we That's sang, cool. a, we sang a song there for their hundred and twelve. University. as a church yeah. yeah that's pretty cool so anyway but i was like i had ezra in my lap and i had had him enclosed with my guitar right because it because i was sitting cross-legged and he was in my lap while i was playing the guitar and he loves the guitar and i just had the that verse came over me and it was like man i'm gonna rejoice over you sing because i was singing this song and i like when i looked at him i just started crying so hard because I was like, like it was a picture. I was like literally seeing God doing the same thing to me. And I was like, I know, man. And I was like, I just started crying. I was like, dang, man, like I'm singing over my son right now with a guitar. And it was just like this that's what it is man like and Ezra doesn't know these things and our capacity you know it's it's all capacity I think and he doesn't have the capacity to understand the things that I'm feeling in that moment and I think that's our yeah. problem is because we think that by doing something like what we've gone what we were been talking about is like that's going to make him love but we have no idea that we don't have the capacity to understand until we mature right when yeah. when he matures he'll understand my love for him but he'll never know those moments where I was singing over him you know what I mean oh, yeah. and he doesn't he'll never understand that 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 much love that I was pouring out over him, you know? And it's the same thing for us. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah.
0: It's so good. I was just trying to look up a scripture just now, and it came up with uh, the lyrics, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, you know, that song? <laughs> yeah. How Vast Beyond All Measure. And it mm-hmm. just... And and Paul, he prays, and he says that I pray that you would come to an understanding how how deep and wide yeah. and, and how long the Father's love yeah. is for you. And I, you know, it... It's interesting. I was having a conversation one time. Uh, it was like in a Facebook group or something, like church planner Facebook Facebook group. I can't talk. And um, the worship leaders were talking about uh, congregational engagement. Like, how do you get your people to sing? And how do you get them to <laughs> raise? You? you know, like we need to figure out how to do this. We need to strategize to <laughs> to you know evoke worshipful response in our mm-hmm. congregation. You
1: always have the backup and, singers with their one hand on the mic, and they got to pat the mic really softly <laughs> yeah, in that the is clapping motion.
0: <laughs> Pat pat the elbow so they that don't, one's that one's yep. for free. That's the next new. one's gonna cost you guys. That's, that's right. Yeah. One. For fourteen ninety five, we'll teach you how to get hands raised. That's the
1: it. new con that's the secret content we can do. How to engage your yeah, there you go. I, that's, I'm i coming what up we'll with do. ideas right now. Yeah. yeah,
0: No, it'll be good. So <laughs> I was I was in this group and I was listening to this question and and um you know I, I just responded and I said, you know, unless you're like preaching and teaching and discipling people to understand how great is our God. Right then people aren't going to raise their hands and sing out to Chris Tomlin's how great is our God. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they know it and they believe it, they will shout it and proclaim it and worship and weep and dance yeah. and sing mm-hmm. because of the truth that's in those lyrics. Yeah.
2: yeah. And that is the father's heart. The father's heart is to always capture hearts for his son.
3: Mm-hmm. It,
2: every single time he's always capturing hearts mm-hmm. for his son. And and so when the heart is captured He's able to, mm-hmm. he receives worship in that. And and he's doing the work in us mm-hmm. to not only conform us to his son, but that we would actually have the same affection for his son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what great love the father has for broken people who are completely opposed to him before they're born again and to conform them for their hearts to be captured for his son. I mean, that... That's a father, that, that's my son. I need you to love my son mm. Mm. the way that I love my son, John 17, yeah. 26. Mm-hmm.
0: And the interesting thing is then if we are in Christ, well, then we are seen as the son and we are loved as mm-hmm. the son is loved, right. Yeah, that's right. but not because we yeah. strived for it or worked for it, but because Jesus did the work, we put our faith in his work, and then we receive all of the inheritance of the son. Yes. And,
1: and,
2: and, then,
0: and then what
1: does he say, man? He's just like, hey, just just remain in me that's that's it mm-hmm. remain in me and you're you'll bear fruit like mm-hmm. not do all these things and you'll bear f- remain in me and i in you and we and I the mean, father and it's like a reciprocating thing yeah. and it's almost it, w- it would almost seem borderline heretical for you to think of yourself as Jesus, you know yeah, what I mean? But, right. but that's what he said, you know what I mean? It, well, I mean, along those lines, I, you know, as being a son of God and him being in you, you being in him, his crucifixion is counted yeah. counted to you, has happened to you. Yeah. The love and of his the resurrection. Fo- and his resurrection is counted to you, is yes. happening to you. So in a way, and it, yeah, you are to be conformed to the image of Christ.
0: Yeah, Ephesians says that for we... Have been raised in Christ and are seated in Him, in Him, in the heavenly realms. Right. Like yeah. we so it's are counted he, to us, we as are where righteous. He is yeah. in the seat He's in, with yeah. the inheritance yeah. He's in. W- he has with the authority that He has, yeah. and it's that's the gospel. <laughs> it that's is. the good news. The good news. great news! And yeah, it's like it's all free. It's a free gift. I mean, that's cliche, but I just I, I'm. It, it hurts me so much when people, they mm-hmm. just live in the lie that they have to do something to receive. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, but I, I just, you know, I'll get my life straight. It's, you know, I've heard people talk about, well, I want to get my life cleaned up and then I'll go to church. It's like taking a bath before you take a shower. Like, what are you, right. what are you mm-hmm. doing? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that, and I think that's what I want to get across in this podcast. is just like, man, the Father's love for us is so vast. Yeah. and. It it's it's mind-boggling, and it should be mind-boggling. Yeah, we should be blown away every single time, right? I mean, that's what I I did a little bit of study in the past on the word rejoicing, and then uh, essentially what I found is that to rejoice means to remember grace, and mm-hmm. so that if we rejoice continually, we're always remembering grace, and if we're always remembering mm-hmm. grace, we'll always have joy,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: so then we will rejoice Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? You're rejoicing all over again. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. Joicing and it's... all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
3: Well, you know, one thing about that um that I've experienced with the um what what enables us to to know this love, what enables us to, you know, like the Bible says that He's placed His Spirit in us, that we would cry out, Abba, Father. And So His Spirit in us testifies that we are children of God. And so, again, it's the Holy Spirit in us that is doing that testifying because He in us is going to glorify Himself. And so as yeah. as we yeah. cry out, Abba, Father, we're letting the Spirit testify and do its work in order for Him um, to be seen in our lives mm. and for our hearts to be lifted to a place mm. where it it is just letting him cry out inside of us and letting him, um, do the work of, of transformation and, and trusting him and, and, um, the Holy Spirit can't not glorify God. The Holy Spirit cannot, not long inside of us to be, to be, um, for us to be pure. And so it's like that scripture, it says that the spirit inside of us jealously longs, you know, to be one with us. And how could we partner our bodies, you know, with a, a prostitute? It's the same if we are not living a holy life. And so there's, there's this response that not only is the father loving us and we're knowing his love, but then the spirit requires something from us then that we are, um, being transformed, that we are becoming holy and blameless, but but then it still comes back to the Spirit's work in us, and that, and that that's that's what um, we get to then enjoy.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because you know I I, I often when I start my prayer and when I just begin to talk to to the Lord I just say Oh Father you know God Father in heaven or you know mm-hmm. my Lord I, I just you know I I cry out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because oftentimes I will do that because I'm feeling weak or maybe I've sinned or I've done something stupid or whatever it is. And then I begin to cry out and I feel as though that's my, my striving to reconnect with the father. But it's interesting to think that it's the Holy spirit in me leading me to do that, mm-hmm. to, to connect to the father. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> he, in, he in me is doing that mm-hmm. and it's exactly what I need in those moments. And, I can essentially partner with that and Amen. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's so weird to think about it that way that it's me, but it's not me.
3: It's him and me. But he loves that. Yes. That you're giving Mm -hmm. like that. Yes. To him is that that faith that Abraham, you know, offered when God said your, your faith has been credited to you as righteousness. Righteousness. So there is this yes that we're offering that it's like this willful, you know, and I've talked to you about this before that willful. I'm going to offer my life to you. You know, when, When God was building the temple for the first time and all these people on their own accord brought all their possessions in order to have all this, the temple decorated and he didn't ask for one of it. And and but there was this willful offering that they brought and the Lord was so pleased with that. And it's the same thing with our worship, this willful, this choice that we get to willingly engage with the Lord, that moves his heart, just like our own children. And when our own children then finally they see the love that we have for them and they love us back. Mm. The Lord just loves that. Yeah. And and we get to do that. We get to move his heart when we worship. So there is a combination of the Spirit doing its work, His work, and and welling up in us that does the purifying, that does the crying out, and does the unifying work of us in Him. But then there's this will yeah. that He made us unique to have that moves His heart, and it's my pleasure to move the heart of the Father with my will.
0: Mm, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Casey has no words. Oh, yeah. He has no words. So, so tell me a little bit about, so I've, i talked about, I've seen you two minister together and I, and I feel like you really minister in, in the father's heart from the father's heart to people. And so just kind of talk a little bit about how the Lord has used you or will use you to then be that ambassador and communicate
2: that love. Hmm. I'll let you go first. How's that? Okay. okay. A true gentleman. I am. I'm being a true gentleman.
3: So, um, for me, I. <laughs> were you going to say something?
2: I really just don't have okay, words. yet. Okay. I'm formulating it. Okay. That's why you're but, the fourth, Will, not Casey, the third. Casey one. Casey blessed me with True <laughs> Gentleman. I accepted okay. his blessing. You could have just kept and, uh,
3: it. You could have yeah, just kept I it. Know that. I know I could have, but <laughs> <laughs> it's also good
2: to have integrity. and honesty. Okay. So,
3: <laughs> such a great guy. Here you are. Okay. Well, this is on my heart. And um, back to the. Um, embodying as as not only someone to proclaim who he is to proclaim his heart but it's also to embody it and to willingly say I'm gonna so when we're proclaiming it to people when we're ministering to people so it, there's more than words there's a deed that comes along with it and there's an action that says that you're going to, you're going to see what the Lord sees for them, and you're going to help them walk that out. And An example of this um, that came to my mind is uh, a woman that I had encountered a few years ago that was just at the end of her herself and was ready to um, have an abortion. She was ready mm. to, to go through that, and she was about to do it the next day. And um, the Lord just stirred in my heart that there's something really going on with her and you need to, you cannot ignore it. Just run to her. So you didn't know
0: this before? No, I didn't
3: know. And so, but I saw her on a Sunday morning at church Okay. and I knew I could not ignore what was happening and I need to take it seriously. And so I just, after service, just ran right up to her. I got down on the floor. So I got underneath her, looked up and just said, what's going on? Mm. And that's when she just poured out. Out what she Yikes. was about to do, and um, she was going to do it the next day. And, and so there's, there's knowing the Father's heart, knowing that this is a baby, this is a woman, that nothing's impossible with him nothing. And that's the thing we have to know about the father's heart is in every situation of despair, in every moment of hopelessness, every lost place, the darkest place that you could ever imagine. There is always hope. Yeah. And we must be carriers of that. We must be ambassadors of that. And so Mm -hmm. that's the Lord, the Holy Spirit just welled up in me. And I said, give me one day give me one day we'll walk this out give me 24 hours and so i took her to a clinic to have the heart listened to so she could see the realness of it but also really just to give me a day and so i made yeah. an appointment with her the next day and i was willing to embody hope and so that day i said give me another week or you know give me more time we're going to walk this out not only do i believe you can trust God with the life of your baby, you can trust him with the finances, with the resources, with all the impossibles that you see in your head right now. You can trust Mm. him with all those things. So not only did I proclaim it, I had to believe it. I had to walk it out with her. And so I had to trust the Lord as well. And so there was just this moment of of true ambassador two true um, um, rec- people of reconciliation on this earth that we to w- are to walk out. And so we just day by day walked it all out, hashed out the emotion, hashed out the logistics. But I was just with her in it. And so we she was born again through that process. Wow. She realized that this is trusting the Lord, that this is putting behind what I used to do. To try to live the right way, try to be good, and try to just hold it together, or you know clean up my mistakes yeah. or clean up my um, the things that I would fall back in and try to you know bring back that order. She saw true trusting the Lord in the middle of it, in the confusion and in the despair, and truly seeing hope. And so now we're, we're walking life out together. Her baby's two years old and um, just a blessing. And she's learning. It's just a beautiful process of now her getting true mother heart and and his father heart and how she can now testify to how he did the impossible, the things that were going to push her to killing this baby. um, She saw that nothing truly is impossible with God. And, and so that's the, the, the way that we walk out life with people, we get in the dirt, we get in the messiness and we provide hope to the hopeless.
1: Well, how did Jesus do it? Just like same that. same exact way. <laughs> touching the lepers. I mean, what else is there? You know, yeah. I mean, how do you get a what's a word of prophecy without Yeah hooking somebody up with your time, you know? I, I right. it's I don't know, that's not the fulfillment to me, you know, and just like you're in that story is
0: it's yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, you there was it, there's a process there and I don't think it's a well you need to do this, that and the other. This is the one, two, three on how you give a word and share the heart. But I mean you you were overwhelmed, overcome and moved and you said you ran. Yeah. You know, I mean that says a lot about
3: I walked fast, but you know. <laughs> you know what I mean. It was a Swift. it was a brisk yeah. you, brisk walk. But you knew it was something
0: walking. you had to do versus <laughs> That that's pretty amazing. And yeah, just I I think a lot about that. And and I preached a little bit about that on about this on Sunday about, you know, what if in every single situation in every environment we we were in, whether it's work or at the store or at the coffee shop, that we saw people through the lens of the heart of the father versus through the lens of our convenience or or comfort and began to really say, Father, what is your heart for? that guy sitting at the lap, you're sitting with the laptop or. And then listen. And then then listen. And then actually be obedient. And And then then. respond. Right. Because he has a will for everybody. He has purpose. I mean, there's love for all. Christ died for all. Mm -hmm. And so we can tap into his heart and his mind, his will. Scripture says we have the mind of Christ. It also says that um, by his spirit, he is revealing these things, these mysteries to us and that we're stewards of the mystery of the gospel. And so we're connected with the Lord in such a way that we can know these things. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think an important thing just to, to point out here, and this is certainly not to minimize scripture at all, but it's, it's scripture and the Holy spirit because we've, we see the father's heart in scripture, but it's the Holy spirit living in us that moves us to respond to yeah, that in yeah. obedience. Yeah. And I, I think it was interesting earlier when you just talked about, You said you would begin to just pray to the Lord and he would say to you, you know, and and I think that that's the father's heart that we have this open communal Mm -hmm. relationship with him where it's, it's give and receive, it's list, it's, it's us speak and he, he speaks and we listen, right? It's just that reciprocal nature. And so I think all of that Holy Spirit supernatural dynamic. Yeah. It took place there in that situation that you were talking about. And that's kind of what I wanted to get at because, you know, I just as much as the next person need to submit myself to the spirit in that regard, no matter where I'm at or what yeah, I'm doing, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And I think the other component where James comes in is, um, so not only do we embody that, you know, to the lost, to be, you know, we, also must proclaim to the church that there's hope in every situation, you know, and that we, the church, we should be the ambassadors of hope in in all situations. And And oftentimes
1: we're not though, you know, we're the ambassadors of condemnation and hate, (laughs) you know?
3: Yeah. And so we, James does an incredible job at, um, equipping the church on how to go and how to be disciples of Christ. And uh, he brings just such an order to to everything, to my life, and, and just the true kingdom order on how to walk that out and um, how to practically be a disciple in, in the world as you're obeying the Holy Spirit day by day. Thank you. You're
2: welcome. <laughs>
0: that's all he has to say. Is, no, thanks for saying. That's that. That's all
2: James has to say about. Well, I was just, <laughs> yeah. I was moved here. Just yeah, give me
0: man, a moment.
1: So, no, that's, yeah, right. <laughs> so,
0: so give us um, as as we kind of close up here in just a moment. That's awesome. Give us a little bit of your your viewpoint on on the Father's heart and and maybe what you would say to people listening
2: about his heart for them. What I would say, boy, that you know, that's an interesting sentence because am I talking to? His church, or am I talking to people that both yet to know him?
0: Yeah, both. I think I think most of our listeners are Christian. It's I would Salty d- Dog's Christian podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made a designation
2: there. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <All> right. Um, <laughs> the church boy, um, I don't know. I spent much of my life, uh, I grew up in church and I learned how to. Be a good Christian outwardly, and I walked in that, and I actually, um, you know, as you said earlier, Casey, you said, you know, we don't always uh, do the best at conveying what Stephanie was talking about, but instead we convey condemnation and and uh, and hurt often, and that's because we actually are still walking, and and things you guys have probably talked about multiple times on the podcast, but. Of We're still walking in law. We're still thinking God in terms of if I do what the Lord says to do in scripture, then he'll love me. And if I don't do those things, then I'm in danger of him removing his blessing and him no longer loving me. Now, it might remove some blessing, right? The Lord's going to discipline those he loves. Yeah. And in, in, in that, though, is the evidence of the father, father again. The moment we begin to have conviction in our heart from the Holy Spirit, the Father is loving us. What son does not the Father discipline? Otherwise, we are illegitimate children. Mm-hmm. And so we have to begin to look at our discipline then through the lens of my father loves me. He's no longer punishing me and I have to get everything right in my life again. He's actually drawing me back to himself in discipline because he loves me and desires me to, to, to walk with him in this. And so what I would say to the church is, um, look at the lens of scripture, um, from the Father's perspective instead of a perspective of yourself. Hmm. And I used to read the scripture of like, this is what the scripture says um, and how I can, it will benefit my life. And these are things I need to be doing. But if we flip it and we begin to read scripture from the Father's perspective, we see a Father who's willing to lay down his life completely to bring people who are far away back to himself. I mean, like while we were still over here, sinning, rebelling, kicking and screaming, saying, God, I want nothing to do with you. Romans 5, 8 says, Christ died for us. And and so he's doing things for us, even though we didn't even know we needed it. And he draws us in, and that's the father's heart. And so in that, when we begin to recognize the father's heart is then we can begin to say, okay, now I know he loves me. I see him. I see that he's loving and it's no longer head knowledge of yes, I know God loves me, but I'm really supposed to be doing these things. It's he loves me despite me. You know, he loves me because I'm in Christ, I'm in his son and and he's working those things in me. And he's does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. And so um quit just remove yourself out of the equation of of your all of your brokenness and say, you know, what I mean, even though we can't do that, but then we have to look through from the Father's perspective.
0: Yeah, see yourself as that object of affection. Yes, mm-hmm. that and yeah.
2: It takes every. I mean, it's taken me. You I, I forget. I mean, I twenty some years, thirty some years as a Christian, and I was going to say you're not twenty seven years learning old. It. No. <laughs> To learn that the Father loves me because He's God <laughs> and He's Father, not for any other reason. Right, yeah. it has nothing to do with me. But how often it has you have everything to remind to do yourself? With too. Him. Yes, and so when I'm, and so when I, when I sin and when I do the other thing, I say, okay, what is God's attitude towards me in this moment? And then I say, when I, when I see Him and I know who He is, then I know He still loves me because He. Like, I can't change it. I can't change him. I can't change, you know. He says, I choose to love you despite you, hmm. or I choose to love you as you are growing in me. Does that make sense? I want to say despite you all the time, but you know, when I was in sin, it was despite of me, and when I turned to sin, it still despite of how I continue I mean he's grieved by that, but man is I'm in him now. There mm-hmm. is no separation any mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. And it's a wild thing been that adopted the fathers love. Yeah,
1: and lo-
3: l- adopted. Yeah, and,
1: and yeah, love, that love you know covers the multitude of sins, man. Yes. You know.
2: Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. There's there's a whole podcast episode on being adopted as sons oh. and that kind of love. It sounds so good. like somebody'd be coming back. <laughs> whoop whoop. Maybe <laughs> Well, we'll see if uh, James will come back. If Brock's out of town, then yeah, we'll get Brock.
2: (laughs) That's savage, man. I know.
0: I'm just giving him a hard time because I love him. Yeah, Yeah. I'm disciplining you because I love you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, when he's listening, we love you, Brock. Yeah, that's right. Don't let us down again. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, you end up with me on the podcast again. Yeah.
0: I knew. I knew this would be a good episode. I was. I was moved, and I know I saw Casey over there.
1: Yeah, I just feel like there's still so much that has, you know, that we just haven't talked about. No, we have there, There's not. I think that was just kind of like a little surface, a little surface thing. So it starts because it's too deep, man. Like, yeah. I can't even comprehend some of these things, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. I think there's plenty more episodes on this this one subject. Yeah. Uh, to come, so for Prophe- sure prophecy. So now we got to walk it out, right? That's what I learned today. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, mm. oh, man, so glad to have you guys on. Thank you so much, Casey. We want to give a quick shout out before we leave. I meant to do this earlier and I forgot, <laughs> but we're we're shouting out to Nate Lamberty. Do you remember him? I do. Messag- messaging us on Facebook. Yeah. Here's what he said, and I, I'm surprised no one paid him to say this. I wonder.
1: Yeah, I wonder how rosy his cheeks are gonna get when he hears this. <laughs>
0: Maybe not, if Nate. I don't, cheeks, I don't know you, Nate. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, who knows so, if your
1: cheeks are rosy or not? I don't. I don't know, Nate. So here's
0: what he said. Just, stum- just stumbled upon your podcast on Spotify and can't get enough of it! I love the sincerity and genuineness of you, you guys bring to the table. Thank God and thank you guys for such wisdom being poured out. Hmm. It's very nice. Nathan and I think maybe he was referring to our guests pouring out wisdom maybe oh, not so much else. I have no
1: doubt <laughs> yeah that's right you know yeah. yeah yeah that's that's cool and it's always and I, I, I've been saying this a lot lately but it is really um, yeah. it's very encouraging because Jason or I brought this idea to Jason a long time ago just it wasn't even a thought you know it was just like man man I, I wanted to do a podcast but then we both kind of and like it just kind of grew into this thing and you can see the evolution of it from season one episode double zero to until yeah, right. now like it's just growing into this thing so it's always cool to know that that god is working in people's lives you know it, through this and that's to me has been a good blessing.
0: and it's really a simple process we just look around at the people we know and love who love the lord and we i say, just come hey, let's here and do this. talk dude i'm good at, i'm
1: good at that you know so
0: <laughs> that's good that's good awesome well thank you guys for listening always 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 Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We also have a Patreon account, patreon.com. It's it's something new every week, bro. No, it's the same. It was the same as
1: last week. I was like, what's this Patreon? I saw a post that that we had boosted. That you had boosted. Right. I was like, wait, what's yours?"
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Well, you know, we got to get the word out and let people know we're here and give them a way to maybe support us and and do all that fun stuff. Keep up. Dig a little deeper. Get to know the people behind the mics.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. If you dare.
0: If you dare. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. We'll check you next time.